very clear in Jesus' talks, sermons, depending on which of the gospel writer you read, had a very specific message that he wanted to communicate. Now, to be sure, that wasn't just one. Because in reading the, the Gospels, there are four of them, and yet they're all very different. They're different in the length. They're different in subject matter. They're different in details. Each attempts to accomplish an objective that is different and thus requires careful analysis to make sure we are gaining from the book that which the author is serious about communicating. Take, for example, the Gospel of Matthew in comparison to the Gospel of John. They are two entirely different presentations of the life of Jesus Christ on earth. The Gospel of Matthew has a very different agenda in comparison to the Gospel of John. Now, if you are a believer, there's a good chance that at some point, at some time, you were given the Gospel of John to read as a new believer, as a new Christian. The reason you were given the Gospel of John, say, and not the book of Leviticus or Song of Solomon, the reason you were given the Gospel of John and not the book of Revelation is because of belief about its message. It's very clear, it's unmistakable that the Gospel of John was written to cause a person to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for the sins of the world and those who believe on him, believe in him, can have eternal life. A comparison of the two reveals that there are in fact two Gospels. Now, before you get nervous, the word Gospel simply means good news. Matthew is talking about one good news. John is talking about another. Now, when the Apostle Paul says that there's only one gospel, if you read in the context, you'll see that he says there's only one gospel of Christ. That is true. There's only one gospel of the Messiah, of a man coming to this earth, dying for the sins of the world, rising from the dead and ascending back to the Father. There's only one gospel 
of Christ. But in Matthew, we are presented with another gospel, and it is the gospel of God. It, ladies and gentlemen, is focused on something totally different. In fact, a comparison of the gospel of Matthew and the gospel of John reveals that Matthew is one of the synoptic gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called synoptic gospels. Synoptic meaning that they have pretty close to the same material, not to the same extent. They don't discuss all the details the same. Some one will emphasize one thing, another one will emphasize something else. But at the end of the day, they are phenomenally similar. Matthew is a much longer presentation of Mark. Luke is a longer presentation of Mark. And yet he has material that is unique to him that's not in either Mark or Matthew. But they are called the Synoptic Gospels. John, the Gospel of John, is not a Synoptic Gospel. That's because 92% of what you find in the Gospel of John does not occur in Matthew, Mark, or Luke. It's completely unique material about Jesus Christ, about his ministry, what he said, what he did. But 92% of it is unique to the Gospel of John. There are some phenomenal differences between the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of John. For example, in Matthew's Gospel, you inherit eternal life. You inherit eternal life. In fact, it's used twice. In the Gospel of John, one has eternal life very different. Believe results in you actually having eternal life in the Gospel of John. But in Matthew, you inherit eternal life only after you're dead. You don't inherit it while you are living. In Matthew, Eternal life is a reward. You earn it. Whereas in John's gospel, salvation is obtained through belief in Jesus Christ. That's because these two gospels have a totally different agenda. John wants you to believe and be saved. Matthew wants you to believe and obey so you will be rewarded. Very different. For example, the phrase eternal life occurs in Matthew twice. Only two times is the phrase eternal life used in Matthew. But in the Gospel of John, eternal life is used 17 times.
in Matthew's gospel, the term kingdom occurs 55 times. In the gospel of John, it only occurs five times. In Matthew's gospel, the term believe occurs 10 times. In John's gospel, it occurs 98 times. In Matthew, parables about the kingdom occur 16 times. In the gospel of John, there are no parables about the kingdom, not a single one. In Matthew, there are six occurrences of the term reward as a noun. It occurs as a verb as well, but as a noun, it occurs six times. Whereas in the Gospel of John, yes, it never occurs at all. There is no mention of reward in the Gospel of John. Now, what's my point? My point is that John has a completely, totally different agenda than the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew's Gospel is about rewards. It's about what you get for being faithful. In the Gospel of John, it's about what you get if you believe. What will you receive if you believe? Two entirely different messages, two entirely, two entirely different emphases. We want to pay attention to Matthew because Matthew is telling us about Jesus the King. It's really what his gospel is about. Jesus the King and his kingdom. He is particularly interested in telling us about how we enter that kingdom. Now, this has created a problem because most people take the word enter locally. That is, you enter a house, you enter the bank, you enter a store. We take it locally. We think you move from one location to another. But the kingdom of God is not a space it's not a spatial, it's not a local place. You don't go somewhere and enter the kingdom of God. You, it's not like you step one foot across a line and you're in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not a physical, it's a spiritual reality. Now, to be sure, it's going to extend over the whole earth, but you don't treat it the same. And this has created a lot of problems. One of the things you need to understand is that for almost a thousand years, they call it the Dark Ages. The Dark Ages represented a period of human history from about 500 uh, AD to a little over 1500 plus, where the gospel the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ was not taught by the church. People were locked in darkness. 
There was no Bible to read because the few Bibles that were available were in Latin and the common ordinary everyday people didn't speak Latin. Only preachers, teachers and churches could speak and read Latin. And so the everyday ordinary person couldn't read the Bible, didn't have a Bible. And consequently, the gospel that you could be forgiven for your sins because of the blood of Jesus was not taught. The gospel was finally salvaged by reformers. Most people would know it as the primary one, Martin Luther, who ripped the gospel from the storage room of darkness and exposed it to the light for every man, woman, boy, and girl could hear and know, believe, and receive. Luther is responsible for giving us back the gospel for the everyday man, for which we are grateful. We should be grateful. God blessed us to that end, and that's, that is important. But you need to understand that uh, when they tried to save the gospel, they did the opposite of what the church had done. The, the church had um, put the darkness in a lockbox. The ordinary everyday Joe Blow, he didn't get it. But when Luther came along, in his zeal to rescue the gospel, I believe the church, the evangelical church, went too far because now everything in the Bible is about the gospel. So we went from nothing to everything. So any talk in the Bible about the kingdom of God and about Jesus and his rule, and that's all about salvation and going to heaven. But it's not. The gospel of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is one of the components of the church that is very important. If you are a sinner, it's the most important thing. But once you gain salvation, once you receive the gift of salvation, another problem becomes the primary focus, or should I say it should become the primary focus, and that is you being found faithful when the, when the Lord Jesus returns. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the most important question. Will you be found faithful when the Lord returns. My goal, my hope, 
is to help you answer that question in the affirmative. I want you to become focused like a laser. Nothing else should be more important to you if you are a believer. The most important thing for you should be that you be found faithful at the Lord's return. You, nothing should be more important to you than hearing him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You need to know those words are not automatic.